Welcome to the Stanley Street Social presented by MAP. My name is Alex Clements and the team at MAP have just released their most technologically advanced waterproof jacket to date, the Ascend Pro Rain Jacket. It's 100% water windproof, it's 100% waterproof, uh, but most importantly, it breathes. If you do want to pick up a new rain jacket, you can find that plus their full range of premium apparel at map.cc. Today on the podcast, we've got the 2011 Tour de France winner, Cadell Evans, joining Campbell and myself. We talk to Cadell about the pressure of the Tour de France, the final time trial. He's Turns out he's quite good friends with Roglic, so it gives us a little bit of intel into the his analysis on the final time trial. Pogatar's amazing performance. What changes when you win the Tour de France? How that will affect Pogatar's life and heading into the 2021 Tour? And he gives us an insight too into why he thinks riders are being successful in these races at such a young age compared to the last five to ten years. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, it's much appreciated if you do share it with a friend, share it on social, leave us a review on the podcast platforms. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Stanley Street Social. My name's Alex Clemens. I'm here with Campbell Flakemore and a very special guest, Cadell Evans. Thanks for joining us, Cadell. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you back. It's been it's been, I think, a couple of years since we did that normal podcast with you. In January, yeah. Very early days for the Stanley Street Social. Very early days. Recorded in the uh, conference room of a hotel in Geelong, if I recall. If I re- Novotel, our, our good friends at Novotel Geelong, a host hotel for the Great Ocean Road Race Riders, if I remember correctly. No, no. Thanks for having me. And no, tell me, how, how is the situation there? You guys are in lockdown and are you staying sane? How is it, how is it going? Uh yeah, the, I guess the, we're the staying Tour de France staying. helped. The Tour de France <laughs> helped get me get me through. But uh, yeah, it's pretty quiet here. It's pretty quiet. I guess it is because we had it in March and April. But um, I was in Switzerland, so we we were um, we didn't have limits on the time we could spend outdoors exercising. Everyone was out walking their dog, walking the forest, riding their bike. It was ridiculous but um but but much easier to stay sane but of course now life's not not returned to normal but much much more normal are you still a um still like a cycling fan like do you watch much racing and did you catch any of of the tour this year this year i i missed the racing the first race back we got in the car family got in the car and we drove down to tuscany and watched strada bianca I took um, took uh, Steffi. Steffi and her, her father had just retired, uh, gone in, into retirement. So he, they came down. I took them on the uh, the sector, the longest sector there after um, Acciano, and took them through the section and explained it to them. And oh, it was oh, it was fun. We were, no, this year um, we we missed racing because there wasn't much of it on. But as a fan, um, I'm more of a fan now than I was when I, a rider. I think, mm-hmm. I as a rider, you're um, one thing I really notice now. And as you and you would have seen this as well, Campbell, as you step away from it, you lose out on the details, but you get a bit of a more of a broader picture. While I was racing, I already had a lot going on in the background with my racing and outside of the racing. 
the fact that I became a race organizer the day of my last race, well, before I became a race organizer before that, I became involved with race organization while I was racing. And um, after I stopped racing, I became more, much more involved in the bike industry. So um, as well as stepping further back from the racing and not being involved in the details and not being involved in the latest dietary supplement or whatever, or um, what, what, who's making the smoother ceramic bearings for the lowest rolling resistance for, you know, the things that the pro riders are looking at now. I'm looking more at race organisation, future racing, teams coming in in three years, rules, technology, uh, improvements in manufacture for changing things in the bike industry and so on. And that's the, the bike weight goes down thanks to the introduction of carbon, carbon fibre development and it's a the cost of it to put it into mass production so um it's been a great learning curve to be in the race organization side the bike industry side and and i've been further away from racing but because of that i've become more of a fan and um oh, actually i pinned a number on yesterday just just out of chance you guys in lockdown sounds complete strange but i participated in a mass participation that company race yesterday it was kind of bizarre but really uh, i really needed this i miss it <laughs> As a winner of the Tour de France, and let's let's use the example of a normal year, not a COVID year. Do you get any special treatment? Did the ASO put on a bit of a show for you? Um, put it this way: Well, I, I can say, well, I lost the Tour de France eight times, and I won it once. But um, <laughs> like, just looking at um, Pogacar, his his life is going to change from this day onwards, um, or from Sunday onwards, Monday. Today's is his twenty second birthday, isn't it? Mm. Um, but mm. excuse me. But um, um, uh, my life changed from that day, from the 2011, with the day of 2011 to a finish, my life changed from that day onwards. And um, with this whole lockdown thing and things, I'm still trying to slow my life down, to be honest. And this actually came at a really good time. All this, the whole world slowed down because I've been trying to, I've never had my foot on the brake, trying to slow things down in my life just to, um, you know, all great things, great, amazing experiences from how my life changed, but also at the same time, you still want to be a normal person. Or when you don't, when you can't be a normal person, you actually realize that it's kind of important to your sanity to, to be able to be a normal person at least occasionally. So, is it so like, is there like a cool club? Like, if you win the Masters, <laughs> you get a green jacket and you get to come back. So like the masters and there's uh, all this hoo-ha is there anything in the tour like that or you're not really um, recognized as much as they are and sorry sorry in the, the green jacket i missed the so like at the masters like a big golf oh, the master, yeah. they get a green yeah, jacket yeah, and every year yeah. every year like past winners come back mm. and there's like a dinner and all, all this sort of oh cake. okay is there oh, something I, like um, that? i'm actually invited to all of the tour de france things but you've got to get an airplane and go to paris to go to them and that means being away from your family and stuff so i don't go to all of them mm -hmm. but um going to the tour as a fan um well all doors are open for me basically i get a pass every year it's got my photo on it and it's got a little infinity symbol so i sort of go anywhere i want i suppose which is the envy of a pass that's the envy of many visitors to the tour i assume mm -hmm. but um Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, you get, there's a lot of fringe benefits, yeah. I've got a yellow bike too, that, that was for retirement. Just but, um, but um, no, my, really my, 
without going too much in the detail, but my life really changed the way people look at you, the way people treat you, the way you're introduced. And I don't think I've been introduced to a even a small group of people or something. And I was out walking outside my house and someone had a group of guests there and, oh, this is good. I'll open so you do this and that. And you're sort of like, oh, everywhere you go, you're introduced as. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I suppose I'm just the puppet that carries it now. No, it's really um, my, my life completely changed, the recognition. And I couldn't believe how far the um, – I, I didn't know people in Thailand watched the Tour de France, but they do because – when you go there, all these people know who you are, and it's kind of bizarre. You met, you talk about the the life changing element of it. It happened at the back end of your career. Can you imagine winning the Tour de France at twenty one years old? Um, I was reading the comments of uh, in the press of Eddie Merckx about um, like Egan Bernal won at twenty two, and then this year he didn't come back. Ulrich won young, um, and it wasn't good for him. Um, um, what what I see in the development of sports people, and um, and this also applies to you know, young people who go into uh, music, or um, unfortunately, um, speaking before, touching on before, having a normal life. In normal life, we develop and we mature, and um, we become adults at our own rate of prog- progression. Unfortunately, when you're in the tour at 21, you're sort of thrust into this. <clears throat> thrust into this in environment we're not well you're not thrust into an environment the environment forms around you um all of a sudden people are going to treat very differently today uh very differently everyone's going to treat him um yeah as a tour de france winner and I hope in his growing up, he's um, he can um, handle this because because the problems that we see with people, um, you know, these um, people who go into music and become famous and things, and they go into drugs and things like this, because all of a sudden, one thing that that people don't realise is that, like we we live in this world where everyone wants to this just searches for attention, but on the other side, there are people who get so much attention that it drives them crazy because they can't. They, it, it becomes a stress for them and they can't relieve it because someone who's so famous, I'm thinking was it uh, Amy Winehouse, I'm thinking was a uh, because of this, uh, Jan Ulrich suffered because of this, Marco Pantani suffered because of this. They were there, the cycling yarn and um, Marco, I think they were quite introverted as people. So their tension stressed them earlier. An extroverted person is is like lifted by that, whereas an introverted person is 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 uh, that that weighs on them. But um, li- without going too far into it, I hope I hope Sergey can keep um, keep focused on doing what he did to got him where he am, and because he's got to continue to do that to, c- to continue to progress, and he's going to be thrust into this world of you know. Also, unfortunately, people are going to. Yeah try and take advantage of him, make money from him and so on. And that's where you have to be, have a very clear head and a, a clear mind. And you also need help to deal with this because it's the the, the requests and, and things here. You can't, you can't deal with it on your own. And I don't think people understand that. But in the end, his, his main thing in life now is to stay healthy and train for next year's Tour de France. That takes a lot of time and energy. If there's people to make money out of his time and energy, they're going to offer him that money. Uh, or sort of 
manipulate him a bit to so that he does what they want. And and it's not just one person that's going to do this. It's going to be everywhere he goes, there's going to be one at least one person who's going to want to do this. And to to manage that for someone at that age, I think it's going to be. I just, I'm interested in like if if you had a piece of advice for him, Cadell, like what what would you how because. I, I really str- struggle with the fact that he's won the Tour de France. You talk about the environment changes around him. He doesn't get to choose the, the environment. What, what, how would you tell him to manage that and how would you give him a piece of advice or advice to take him to the 2021 Tour de France? My recommendation would be remember what got you to where you were. Never forget that. And every day repeat one of those actions, whether it's calling your mom or washing the dishes or something, washing your bike or whatever, just to keep things real because things are going to change for him. He's going to be, you know, he's going to, he's going to be thrust into this unrealistic world, which not many people experience and not many people can offer advice to. So, so he's not going to be at 21. He needs to be, have good advice, but there's no one to turn to. Um, and then, and two, um, go and buy a property out in the country, somewhere where he loves to ride and be that's away from everyone. He can go and escape and put a big gate on there and <laughs> and um, so that when it all gets too much, he can just get in his car or whatever and go there and go there and escape and um, have his own little sanctuary with his close friends or something. That would be did my you, other, other bit of this. Did you see that performance coming in the time trial? You were in a very similar situation. You had a deficit to Andy Schleck who you were probably expected or there was a good chance that you were going to take time back. But I don't think anyone really expected Tade to, to even take any time out of Roglic and he, mm-hmm. he absolutely torched him. Yeah. What, what's happening I mean, in, on that penultimate day, TT, like for you and, yeah, and you see I it happening think, two days ago? I think Pogacar's um, uh, advantage was that he was unknown, he was young and he was underestimated. And that's where um, like to go to the tour as not as a favourite is so much easier than 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 to go there as a favourite because next year he's going to have to have a team to defend and no one's going to let him go anywhere and mm-hmm. knowing that he can do this kind of time trial at the end, um, so what work from this year's not he's going to have to have a whole different plan next year, excuse me, a whole different team and a whole different group of people around him. But um, I don't think anyone expected it. I certainly didn't expect. Uh, I, I know Primoz quite well personally. And um, what amazed me about Primoz and talking to him about his like training and preparation as a ski jumper, how well conditioned they are, how much time they work with a sports psychologist, because they've got that 30 second window and they've got to do everything. Months and months of training is put into that thing. And if they stuff up, which is what ended uh, Primoz's career, if you've seen the crash he had when he when you if they stuff up they can die so um his 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 capacity to deal with pressure and things i think is better than anyone in the in the to a peloton um um all this all this coming being to say that um i was the probably one of the last people to expect uh Pogacar to do the time trial that he did but i'm um, looking at the shock on the faces of Dumillon and and Van Earth and these guys, they, they were just as shocked as, as I felt. I'm still, I'm still we're 48 hours after the event now and I'm still sitting there going, well, crazy. how did that happen? Did that really happen? I'm still trying to believe it all myself. And then in the end, if you look at the results, it's like you had the best time trialers in the world in, in the guys, the strongest riders right now, Van Earth, doing on. Richie did a fantastic time trial. That was a time trial to win the top. That was a 
to win a, win the Tour de France time trial. And then all of a sudden, a minute faster, you've got this kind of 21-year-old, you're like, hang on, they're riding Crazy. bikes, he's riding, he's riding a scooter. It's like, well, um, so, yeah, and that's where it's been been incredible that when when I, to go back to the, when I raced as the tour, the climbers would work together against me to distance me before the time trial. I'm going back to times when I remember Contador and Rasmussen collaborating together on the Axtla de Man or something, and um, to to distance me on the on on the climbs because it was to their advantage to get at least get rid of me. Then they'd sort of, um, years gone by. Whereas yeah, Pogacar, you just look at his build and you think on the flat, you know, the first time check on the flat is like, you look at Roglic, he's just doesn't look like he can go uphill. And then you look at Pogacar, it doesn't look like he can run on the flat and he's Pogacar taking time on the flat. Well, anyway, anyway, it was great to watch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> great example of what sport, the emotions that sport can bring us, how it brings us together or apart. And only, only sport can do that. Only sport and political disasters. How do you look at um, Roglic's ride then? If you, was it, a good performance? Could you see that something was a little bit off? Analyze that. So, yeah, and going back to the how solid he is psychologically, I was sort of like, oh, wow, if he's that well-conditioned, like with sports psychologists, and he cracked under the pressure, I think what Primoz did, and I completely understand, you're there in the yellow jersey in the tour, you're going to win the tour, you're pretty sure you, that's what everyone's expecting, Primoz included. They were so solid. They didn't do anything wrong. And the whole team was so, was so good, and so okay here you go and then you go 5k down the road and here's this little climber guy who's taken like five seconds of you in 5k like hang on a second oh, i've got to push a bit harder the thing with the time trial what i always try to explain with people is it's kind of like if you're driving your car and you've got your foot to the floor and the car's going flat out if you push the accelerator further the car doesn't go any faster if you're time trialing absolutely flat out and you push harder you're not going to go any faster you may even go slower in sports psychology, the arousal U-curve over ambition is actually uh, you perform less, optimal level of arousal for optimal performance. So I think um, Primoz went out and he was going good, but then you get this information, I'm going to lose the tour, and you panic a bit. And I think what what easy to say afterwards, but having been in this situation before, what you have to do, unfortunately, is you're getting this information on the radio, go, go, you've got to go, keep going, go harder. Like, um, I started out at 100%. Within a kilometre, I got into my rhythm. I went to 110%, and now he's saying go harder. Hang on a second. This guy's just way better than me. I, I can't. <laughs> it's like you're out riding. Oh, I'll just follow this scooter up the hill. <laughs> I can't. No, I'll, I'll follow as fast as I can. At a rhythm I can maintain, and and then if I've got anything left in the last kilometer, I'll I'll give everything, or if I can find anything in my toenails of <clears throat> energy to give, I'll, I'll then I'll then I'll lay it on the line. But you you don't try and hang it hang on the scooter for for five meters, and then you're sitting on the side of the road. You you ride at a pace behind, and that's what. But when you're there in the tour, losing the tour, you can't. You're time trying to win the tour. You don't actually have much time, time to think. You don't have any time to think. <laughs> Well, you have, you really don't, but <laughs> if you slow down, you've got to go far. He, Primoz had to go and ride his own rhythm, and I spoke to Richie before the, the time trial and GC, and he said, oh, just focus on going for the stage win. Just focus on that because that's a, a realistic objective that you can go for, 
And if you're good enough to do that, it's going to take care of all these things. Otherwise, Primoz, unfortunately, wearing the yellow jersey was, oh, oh, hang on, I've got to close that gap. I think he would have done a better performance. He still wouldn't have won the tour, but he would have got a, got more out of himself if he just focused on riding his best best um, time trial and getting the best stage result. How, how do you think Primoz is feeling now? You've had the experience of getting so close in the Tour de France. He was second twice. 20 odd seconds one year like what, what's the feeling like getting second in the tour pretty pretty well when you're so close to winning it i came second twice to the tour but i was coming from behind and i didn't quite make it when you're there there i'm going to win it and then to lose on that that would be much mm. more disappointing i um I, like i said i know pretty much well and i'm just giving a few days just to digest things before i contact him but um, I think he's taken it reasonably well. Um, he, they, he and his uh, wife partner, Nora, she's also a sports, she was a cross-country skier. They've just had a small child. So I'm hoping that he can just go home and enjoy time with his, his son and, um, and, and sort of, okay, what's happened happened now. Let's go back to the drawing board and go back to next year. I, I hope that's, that's how he's taking it. I think it, it, from what I saw, he seems to have taken it quite well, but it's, um, pretty devastating because you're there and you think, oh, I've got this, I've got this, and oh, phew, no, I haven't. And the difference in cycling, as we all know, you know, there's 200 guys in the race or now there's what, 160 in the tour, there's one winner and 159 losers. It's um, it's kind of, cycling's a bit tough in that regard. <laughs> Did you say you were talking to Richie before the time trial? Just, just briefly, I was actually, I was doing some things with the TV and I said, oh, what would you tell to Richie? Well, why don't you tell him? Oh, I don't think he's changed his number. So I contacted him and, and um, yeah, I just, well, the fact that he even answered his phone was, it was already a good sign. I think for Richie, it's been great where like, not to the extent of Pogacar, but Richie being able to not have expectations and ride his own race has obviously been really good for him. So just. Um, and what did you tell him? When, when, oh, yeah, focus, it's, it's, just go for the stage win. You're riding great. Just go, go, go for that. Just focus on that. Um, because of this, when you're in a time trial, you, it's better to focus on one thing. Well, you know, we, we are men, right? We can't do more than one thing at once, right? But if we focus on one thing, maybe we can do it well. Um, time trialing's like that. Um, you, don't 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 be distracted or dismayed because also sometimes if you focus too much on one rider or your GC and that guy, like in Primoz's case, that guy has an incredible day that you can't do anything about. Even if you're at the best time trial of your life, you're still 30 seconds or a minute back. But that upsets the performance you would have otherwise done if you were just focusing on yourself. So for that reason, I, I say to to focus on focus on the stage win for Richie and. and Discounting the incredible ride of Pogacar, Richie would have won the final stage of the team the time trial. Hmm. Do, you, do you think coming second twice makes winning winning it so much better? And when you get the ch- get the chance to talk to Primoz, would that be your advice? You know, you've got gotten so close, just keep chipping away. And when when you do win, if you do win, it's just hmm. such a better. Thanks, thanks feeling. for the advice. I'll pass that on to Primoz. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes I'm friends with a friend of a rider who had a disappointing close call to a big win last year. And I was like, what can I say? You had the chance to do it and you're never going to get that again. What, what can I say? 
I can, sorry, I can't give words of encouragement in the case of Primoz, yes, though, because he's going, there's going to be another Tour de France and there's going to be plenty more and he's going to have plenty more opportunities and it, it, will, it will make it easier. I think having been through all this process, um, also it's going to completely change. We went into this tour this year, what's, what's Enos, Enos going to do? Oh, Lotto is the best team in the tour. Oh, Lotto is going to win the tour. Lotto, Jumbo Visma, I should say. Jumbo Visma is going to is going to win the tour. Oh, hang on, it was won by UAE. Now, excuse me, who in January said UAE will win the Tour de France this year? Yeah. <laughs> I said so, I said some comments in to friends in person about about UAE this year. It wasn't anything like they're going to win the tour. Trust me. Um, I'm sharing it publicly then. No, just from where they were before this tour win, what was people's perception of the team? Obviously, they've got a one or two at Chapeau. You did a fantastic job. Um, yeah. and, but it's um, <laughs> it's um, just I'm just trying to be put things in perspective. But, of course, we're speaking today now after the tour is done. But we, you know, we're, we're going we're talking about riders who are making plans and riding a race and riding a strategy to a completely different situation to what we now know. So... So um, we have to keep keep that to keep keep perspective. We have to keep those 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 factors in mind. For UAE, the team now, obviously they're they're heading into the twenty twenty one Tour de France, as you said, with much different expectations. How would you build that team around Pogacar to defend that title? Yeah. Good riders are hard to get, and so. <laughs> Get, get a rider like uh, Richie alongside, that'd be a good start. Um, uh, you need yeah, guys like guys who know it, guys who are there. But the one thing that I think Ineos has been so good at, having been in the situation where you're a tour leader and you need help in the mountains, to find the riders who are good enough to be in the mountains, most of them who are good enough, they're already team leaders in their own right, or they can be a team leader in another team. So to get them to ride for you is... It's difficult, but that's where uh, Brailsford has been so good in being able to align his horses to ride for the team in the best interest of the team. Um, to build from, it's much, and it's not just, oh, let's just find some sponsors, let's find some money and buy some riders. It's, it doesn't work like that. It's, it's really the whole, you have to find the riders, the riders need to be available. Most of the top riders would have already signed in, or any rider who was free would have signed uh, the contract at the latest during the tour. They would have already signed. So to get good riders to be alongside Pogacar last year, you had to start in the Tour de France last year at the latest. Um, <laughs> and then if, if you can acquire the signature of a rider who's willing to commit to ride for someone else, you have to keep that commitment and their focus and their... Um, uh, loyalty towards the task and the team, and and that's an ongoing thing and an ongoing um, maintenance project that um, that can go wrong at any moment. <laughs> you're 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 keeping people together in high stress situations, and yeah, that's and that, that so even if you get get that far and get to the two with a good rider you you still got to be out there on the road and and they've you still got to have that loyalty you've got to have that loyal so deep-seated and ingrained in every in every every member of the team that, that that's not that, that's not going to falter 
So for UAE now, they have to see what riders are on the market and, and put together the best riders they can. Of course, we don't know what the tour is going. The course is going to be like next year. So maybe you you need a team of team time climbers with a couple of climbers who can team time trial. Maybe you need a group of only climbers. Um, <laughs> But without knowing the course, how do you sign a rider that's probably already signed anyway to another team? And so it's, um, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it, it won't be easy for them. And then, of course, Pogacar is going to line up at the, at the at the tour next year. Everyone's going to be looking to him to ride on the front or bring back a break or, um, and, and rightly so, because he'll be favourite to win the tour normally. How much pull do you have as a leader to select the team for the tour. Maybe you were a little bit different because you would have been 30 to 34, but him as a 21 year old, do you think he's going to have that much pull in selecting depends, the riders for the team? Depends on the relationship between uh, riders and management. Um, the, um, the, so I had a, um, I had a really good relationship, say BMC with the management and the management trusted me Um between the sports directors and um, also I'd say I had experience because as a rider you have to step out of your role as a rider and look at the team as a whole and that's where um, Pogacar at 21, I don't know him personally, but um, he, um, in his in his mind, I'd kind of put that, put that responsibility on someone else's shoulder I think would be the best thing because um, as a rider you also you've got your own emotions and own opinion which is maybe skewed because you saw them in a race situation when but then there's other factors involved and one thing one thing that at the end of my career I sort of came to a realization was to manage a team is an easy job I don't envy the team managers but um but um I think for for Pogacar, Pogacar even if he even if he had this ability to choose I think he'd probably be better to free himself of that stress and, and, and leave it up to the team to try and build a good and solid team around him. He's going to have enough to deal with just being human and staying human and staying the guy he is for the next 12 months, I think. Yeah, big time. How hard is it to build that same motivation for the tour, to build that same drive, the amount of training and work that you have to put in to win the Tour de France after you've already won it? So you're going back again. I think um, depends on the individuals a lot, but um, um, in Bogachar's, uh he's very young, he's energetic, he doesn't have a family, or I don't think he probably, probably doesn't have kids and stuff. So that's one thing that he's like, where do I go? Do I go to three weeks to altitude camp and not see my family? Or that when you get in later in, in life, you, you're asking yourself those questions. You go, to, or you go to the airport to go to a training camp or a race and you little kids, I remember that situation when my son was crying in the car because we, when we pulled up to the airport, he realised I was going away. Oh, my God. Your heart's... Um, but um, um, I think for Pogacar, the fact that he's already done it also makes it easier because the team have a lot, will have a lot more faith in him. Everyone around him knows, okay, now this isn't to maybe win the tour or be good. Oh, this is to repeat win the tour. So in some ways it'll be easier. He knows he can do it. He knows what what needs to be done to do it. Um, apart from having a team and being a favourite, that's going to be a learning experience for him, a very steep learning curve for him. But um, I think in some ways it's actually easier. 
unless you're on the goal in life was only in one tour, but as a cyclist, you sort of get used to the fact that you win on Sunday and there's another race on maybe Tuesday and there's another one on Thursday and another one on Saturday and another one on Sunday. And, you know, he was star of the show on in Paris on Sunday, but it's, it's the World Championships next Sunday. Going forward, we've had two super young winners, Bernal, Pogacar, who who do you see having the more successful career? I mean, it's impossible to choose now, but if you had to, if you had to pick, which one would you, would you that's go with? Interesting. That's a really interesting question. Um, I really don't know. I don't know. There's them no right personally. answer. There's no wrong answer. I don't know them personally. Um, but that's a, that's a, speaking of like how Pogacar's life is going to change now. Well, who thought on the end of the Tour de France last year that someone, anyone would beat Bernal in 2020. Yeah. No one, I don't think. So now seeing Pogacar is right on Saturday, who's going to think in 2020 anyone can beat him? But look, if, yeah. if you follow the Bernal uh, track, uh, track and, you, and you think of Pogacar, oh, I'd be betting money on Primoz. Mm. I guess it comes back to the expectations and the whole environment change that you were talking and about. Yeah, 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 this environment changes, but all of a sudden you go out training like you do on your same training road, but people stop you on the road for a photo. People, <laughs> and you're like, hang on, I just want to train. Um, I've done this every day for 10 or 20 years, but now people don't let you train. People don't let you live. People don't let you go to sleep. People don't let you go to the supermarket and buy some bananas because you need them to go out training or something or um yeah that, that's um <laughs> that's where the environment changed maybe that happened for banal maybe uh, this the back injury he had maybe uh, uh, lockdown all these things there's so many factors involved but it's hard to say say what it is without speaking with him personally about it but um <laughs> yeah, so that's that's an interesting thing to follow, and I think in sport in general, which I think like we're all fans and we we all cheer for the winner. But what I find really interesting in sport is following the young riders through their career, and I find it really refreshing that there's a lot of people who look into this and follow riders. It's like, oh, there's a big talent. Whether it's um, no, no, let's say the the if we went through the stage winners of the Tour de l'Avenir last year. And looked at them again in three years. This is it's a really interesting uh, way to follow, and it's um, you know of course the talent scouts do it, but as, as cycling fans in the media, we only see and hear about the favourites and who won. And whereas um, you know there's this whole other level that sports um, it's sometimes underestimated. But you know <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking of whether this if we make this we'll we'll we'll, we'll um, it's the same with Jan Ulrich. Jan won the Tour at 23. And this guy's going to win eight Tour de France. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. People are going to say, oh, this guy's going to win forever. But that's what we are talking about with Bernal last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where's Bernal this year? So, yeah. why, why do you think there's so many, like the last couple of years, super young riders just coming in and dominating? It feels like five, ten years ago, this this wasn't the case. Really, for twenty-one-year-olds to be coming and winning Tour de France, is winning, winning stages of the Tour—it's incredible. Yeah, I don't know. I I had a feeling with um, the shift that cycling was making, where everyone's becoming so much more focused and concentrated, that the longevity of riders would be reduced. Just for the things that I touched on before, at a certain point, the the commitment required to be at the top level now is forever. Um, for the top guys, I think it's the same. For the 
below the top guys, if we just speak for numbers terms, the guys in the top 10 of the tour 10 years ago were making a certain amount of, amount of uh, commitment and sacrifices in their training and the, how dedicated they were to training and how structured their training was, how good the people were around them, coaches, biomechanists, dietitians, sports psychologists, whatever, whoever group of people that they're choosing to work with, how good they were. Now, maybe everyone in the top 100 has that same level that everyone in the top 10 had 10 years ago. Um, and so this commitment, you can't do it for 20 years because it's time away from home, it's time away from family, and it's got to get to a certain point in life and or I just want to be human. Or um, So then cycling becomes more like tennis or gymnastics or swimming where it's like, oh, okay, it's time to be an adult now. I'm not enjoying this like I once did. I had my opportunity. So... I think that'll continue where where riders' uh, careers will be um, more condensed, more concentrated. Why this, I'd, I'd like to think this thrust of talent that's come through now is cycling has become more international and drawing on a, a broader pool of talent, hence like the arrival of guys like Sagan and Primoz and Pogacar, um, <clears throat> guys from countries a little bit further afield than the, the normal Europe and Okay, then guys that come from America, some talents coming out of Australia and so on. Um, and I'd also just like to think that um, over the years, and not so much these last few years, but the last about 10 to 15 years, I'd also like to think it's because of the great progress made in anti-doping. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the guys who are, are young at 15 or 18 or 20, they win, and they're winning at 25, and they're winning at 30. So it's, it's the mm-hmm. same ones that are average juniors and then have five years incredible professional careers which if you look back at history and sort of 90s and so on it's unfortunate there's a few riders that followed that pattern yeah on Roglic um he's obviously completely different to the two riders we we're just touching on in age he came to the sport quite late why why is he so good because apart from that last stage he was he was unbelievable all tour, as was his team. Huge talent, um, great phys- phys- physical specimen, so to speak, to use one of a better word, big motor, um, uh, would be the appropriate term. And um, great athlete and, like, in, in the head, um, huge drive, solid. And, and they, they had a fantastic team about them this year, Jumbo Visma. <laughs> It's trying to be Anka and Lance and Remo, the two eyes. Like, you know, I, I, I can't imagine the odds is going to be so high on some of their riders to win the worlds next weekend. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Wood Van Art. <laughs> Wood Van Art. Well, you'd say it's going to be too hard for him, what they normally say, but <laughs> look how he was in the mountain stages. So it's like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's who my pick is actually. But. One last know, question. I, even, I haven't even seen the course, to be honest. But sorry. Neither have I, but I've just heard it's hard. So I'm saying Wood Van Aert can do it all. Uh, one last question from me. How, how have you become such good buddies with Primos? What's the story um, there? I, um, just by chance, I was doing a um, Grand Fondo for um, organised by my ex-teammate, Steve Morabito, mm-hmm. and Primos was there doing it for a bit of a training ride or something. He was there with his manager and his wife and... Um, and we just started talking and we did the whole ride together, easy. 
and we just spoke and um, well, his interest was as he was still a relative newcomer to cycling because we're going back 2015, 2016. And he's a super nice guy, really great guy. And just by chance, I was out there doing this ride with him and my Stefania, who's an ex-skier, was um, with his um, with his wife, who's also an ex-skier, and they just became friends at the same time. So when I got we got to the finish, they were there talking to each other, and they would become best friends. And they both had a um, <laughs> they both had a little guy in their stomachs uh, of the same age as well. So they had a lot in common. Well, thanks for joining us, Cadell. Thanks for chatting with us. Real treat. Uh, thanks for having me along, guys. And um, oh, yeah. good luck and stay safe.